Welcome to another episode of War Stories. I'm Tom. And I'm Chuck. And uh, it's been, uh, it's been, what an interesting couple of weeks it's been in this country. I'll tell you what, um, if it's not one thing, it's another. We've got the whole nuclear war with Putin and and then the issue in Ukraine. We've got, um, uh, what is it? Um, a jailer or detention officer breaking out a suspect and going on yep. a love spree, you know, good old yeah. Vicky. And now she's dead. He died. Yeah. She the died. Car wreck. But he's alive, of course. He's alive. The, you know, crazy. Jesus and then Christ, you've got yeah. all the protesters going to ju- chief to, to Supreme Court justices' homes and boy, it's been crazy. Oh, but I thought they're it, like, hey, you can't, can't protest and riot out here now. It's That's not cool anymore. Right, right. Of course. <laughs> you know. Anyway. But uh, I think it's time for this week uh, for us to just have a good old-fashioned war story. And so uh, to, to that end, we've got uh, Anthony. How are you, Anthony? Oh, pretty good, sir. Yourself? Oh, not too bad. But uh, call me Tom. My dad is sir. <laughs> Uh, I got you. I, I I grew up as a Navy brat, so some of that stuff, that sir and ma'am, is just oh, kind of natural now. It's ingrained in me too, but I, I like to make sure that if somebody calls me sir, it's was that uh, the old school way to say it is uh, no, you know, I give you permission to call me familiar, and but I also get a little testy when people who I haven't given permission to call me familiar do that. So you know, it's like they start off with the sir, and then it's like, nah, don't worry about it. That's that's too formal. Or Mister So and So. I hate it when kids don't call me Mister Gandhi. And they just use my first name, and I'm like, who raised you? So anyway, uh, uh, yeah, definitely understand that. My, yeah, my personality. But uh, you uh, you contacted us about a story you had, and you are uh, you are in law enforcement in the Midwest, if if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Is it? Uh, yes, sir. Do you want to say what kind of, of agency? Uh, um, I work for a sheriff's office. Oh, sure. I work for a sheriff's office. Yes, sir. Yeah, you know I didn't know funny, how Tom? much of that we wanted to, to give. Yeah, you know what's sure. funny is that he was actually on a question answer uh, portion of our um, our podcast not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. When we were in answering fact, questions. We, we do have a question. Uh, we do actually have a question for this week. Uh, we do. do we not, Chuck? So maybe we can uh, get Anthony's uh, opinions on this question. We'll, we'll we'll do this question from Facebook, and then we'll get into Anthony's uh, background and story. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you want me to, to go ahead and read it? I got it out. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and, and read that question? <clears throat> so uh, Leland sent it in. He goes, hey, guys, love the podcast. Need some advice. So in January, I went to the police academy. I failed in February. Uh, by not passing the test, my first score was a 56, then my second was a 68. It looks like you double tapped. But one of the instructors offered me a job doing security for the police department. I said, yeah. I put my application in, got hired. So I'm going back to college for my associate's degree in criminal justice. Then I might go back for the academy or go federal. Do you guys think that is a good idea uh, to do so? And do you guys know of anyone who failed the police academy and went back to retry? Uh, I do not know anybody who failed the police academy necessarily in the sense that they weren't putting themselves through. But I do know people that had to remediate. Um, they got rolled where they had problems going through the academy the first time and they were hired by an agency and the agency said, OK, we're going to pull you out of this class and put you in the next class. Right. I've I've not seen that. I've actually seen the opposite. Where I've actually had people who have um, or seen people who have uh, double tapped and then came back later and passed. Yeah. And they're good officers. They just needed a little bit more uh, remediation or a little bit more knowledge, a little bit more growth. Um, I also have seen that on the other hand where a guy fought for his job, got it back because he complained of unbiased uh, or biased treatment. Um, and uh, that dude is a shitbag to this day. Um, I don't know. <laughs> don't know why, but he passed and. He shouldn't, he shouldn't be on the job, to be honest. However, I have seen it to where guys have 
you know, double tap to test or whatever it may have been personal life. They just didn't mm-hmm. pass that one test. They didn't pass it the second time and came back and um, they're good cops. Yeah. And so there's no reason why you shouldn't try again. If this is what you really want to do. And it, you know, sometimes you, you, it takes, you know, it takes a little more studying and you don't realize like you think you got it. And then you, you, you just needed to do a little more studying, do a little more preparation. Um, right. and, and then you can, you can get through, but if, if this is something you really want to do, it's not an easy job. So if, if you think that you shouldn't try again, or there's even a question in your mind about whether you should try again, then don't. No, but if you not. really want to do this, there should be no question that you will try again because there is no failing. There's just trying until you succeed. Absolutely. And I think it's a good idea that you took the job for working security for the agency because you get to know the agency a little bit better. And you sure. get to know, hey, is this the agency I want to work with? Two, going to college. Getting an associate's degree in criminal justice or even a bachelor's degree is a good idea. And it's going to allow you to grow a little bit more. It's going to allow you to study a little bit more. It's going to allow you to understand things a little bit more, understand law, report writing, things like that, which will help you in the academy. I don't know what you failed on. I did ask you your age. You said you were 23. Um, so that could that could play a role a little bit. You know, the older you get, uh, the more knowledge you get, the easier things become. More life especially, experience, right? Exactly. Especially in a, an academy setting. Um, so I would say go to go to school, start working for the agency for a couple of years, get your feet mm-hmm. wet a little bit, come back, retry. And if it's still something you really want to do and shit, if you want to go federal and you're like, I really like this job. I really like working for this agency. I really want to go feds, go get that bachelor's degree and go right on into, mm-hmm. you know, testing yeah, for until you're US 35 Marshals, FBI. Yep. Exactly. All that stuff. And you're still young. Yeah. So I, I don't know, Anthony, do you, have you ever uh, known of anybody who had to remediate or go back to the academy a second time? Um, I've known a few people that had to, the way it is where I'm from, you get two opportunities at each test. Like we take tests throughout yeah. our academy and then we Same. take our final. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've known a few people that had to retake their final. Um, I do know of one person who was in a buddy of mine's academy a few years before I went and they were kicked out of the academy for reasons. And then they actually ended up getting hired on with another agency and went through my academy um, and actually did a decent job of trying to be a leader in our academy since they'd already gone through it and kind of knew they what, already made knew their what mistakes. it was like. <laughs> exactly. And as far as I know, I'm not real close with them. Um, they're from a different, a completely different part of the area, but just kind of keeping track on Facebook with a few of my Academy mates, it looks like they're doing pretty good now. So they made their mistake that one time it cost them, but from everything that I've seen, they've turned their life around. They've turned things around and they're doing really good now. So I hope that answers your question, but uh, the the answer, if you really want to do it, you should just do it. Now, consequently, I've seen people fail the psych and and then beef the psych and get hired and be terrible. (laughs) Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with right. learning from your mistakes, correcting, because no. I think that's sometimes the best way to learn. And to me, it's called baptism by fire. Yeah. Sometimes you fuck up and you got to fight, fight your way out. You dig that hole and you got to dig on right back out. You got to climb out. And so learning from that mistake is going to be a big, crucial part in this. And as long as you grow from it and you learn from it and you study and you get squared away, I think you'd be a, you know, a solid officer, especially if your heart's in it. So. Yeah, it's not about falling down. So I get to make up. So. Exactly. All right. Well, Anthony, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? How did you end up in law enforcement? How, how What was your journey like and, and how long have you been on? Um, I was always kind of interested in it. Um, I'm third generation or before me, there's three generations in front of me that have been in the military. Um, I wasn't able to go in the military a little bit based off my weight, a little bit of some high school injuries, but I always still wanted to serve. Um, didn't didn't know exactly how I was going to do that for a few years, was kind of bouncing around from jobs. I uh, got married young, started having kids young. Um, quit a decent job to take a horrible oil field job um, where I learned there's more dope on an oil field rig than any rate I've ever been on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Those roughnecks uh, are no joke when it comes to dope and stuff. Yeah. And we, we were doing casing, so that may even be worse. But uh, um, went on what? a three-day job casing. Uh, it's the, the metal pipe that goes mm-hmm. inside um, is what the drill pipe goes through. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought it was like a, a new type of like drug. I was like, what the hell is that? No, <laughs> no. no casing um, is what the job they were doing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that makes sense. I was oh, like, what? Yeah. I've never heard of in Casey. Area, Do you snort it? <laughs> uh, in my area, it's when uh, K2 first started getting big and it was being just called legal. And like I said, I didn't have a criminal justice background at the time, so I had no, no idea what it yeah. was. Spice, K2, whatever, um, whatever it's being called. Um, it's spent, wild. Yeah, right. spent, three day, spent three days out on a job. Um, I was the only person on the entire crew with a driver's license. So driving back, they decided to stop the quick stop, grab a couple cases. And on our way home, they were playing throw the beer bottle up every sign we passed. Uh, got lucky, never got stopped. But when I got home that night, I was like, this isn't for me. I've got too much to, I've got too much to lose. They called me for the next job. And I'm like, man, I'm not going. Um, same time, my, my uh, best friend at the time was working at the same sheriff's office I'm at now as a jailer and going through the reserve academy. He's like, hey, we need jailers. We, we, we've got a spot open. Come on. So I came on, just kind of at that point, just kind of as a job. Um, went on my first ride along week two or three and was hooked. Um, went to the reserve Academy about a year after working for the jail, um, spent another six years in the jail, um, both as a reserve and as a jailer. And then in 2018, got to go to, uh, the full, got moved into the street and got to go to the full-time Academy and then graduated, graduated that in December of 18. And, and now you're out on patrol, you know, you've got your training wheels off, you're, you're fully fully on your own and and uh, all your hard work is paid off do you think your time in the jail helped you and prepared you? definitely um okay. I, I think i've seen especially on our end of the sheriff's office end because we we do the same work that the police departments do but at the same time it's different sure. a lot of times we're out in, we're out in county we're out by ourselves generally like the story i'm going to tell today um i'm working an overnight shift all by myself about 1200 square miles running it by myself and an on-call at the other end of the phone. Um, and being in the jail teaches you how to talk to people. And if that fight's going to happen or you really want that fight, you can make it happen. But at the same time, if you're good at your job and you want to avoid it, you can talk your way out of it a lot of the time. Or the guy's just a complete shitbag and he wants to fight. But um, what I've seen, probably about nine times out of ten, you can generally, if you've got a rapport with the inmates, you can talk your way out of a lot of situations. Yeah, if it's going to go sideways, it's just going to go sideways. That's, there's, you know, I mean, some people just choose yeah. violence and, you know, cowabunga it is, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, once they have their mind made up, it's uh, made up. Yeah. Much. I, that's, that's, I always tell my, my son and my daughter, I said, you know, you got to understand that some people, like the, the Batman movie said, some people just want to watch the world burn. And when somebody has decided that violence is the answer, then just make sure you hit them hard. You hit them fast and you end it early. So, yep. So it's, it's really the only way to do it. Do you, uh, did you, so you spent a couple of years in the jails and do you feel like um, that should be required for most officers? Or do you feel like there's people that might be able to go do it without it? Like how, how do your feelings? Cause I know some people say you should definitely, hundred percent have to do some time in the jail and other people say, well, it depends on the person. It's like detectives, you know, should you be allowed to go straight to detectives or do you have to work patrol? Fuck no, dude. Um, I don't know, man. I know some people I wouldn't want to work patrol, but they make good detectives. When it comes to, I can't talk about the the PD guys as much. Um, A lot of those guys, and we, we work close with our police department and I've seen some of those guys, they come straight out in the field and they're okay. For the most part in the 10 years I've been at the sheriff's office, very we've hired very few guys that weren't either at another agency i can only think of i think two people that we've actually sent to the academy that didn't work in the jail and neither of them were very good and the biggest issue um again small sheriff's office we run light in the field and we run even lighter in the jail so if things go sideways in the jail they're calling deputies to help and if that deputy's never been in the jail before and does and he's just used out to the street he's got command presence you're going to do what i'm you're going to jump when I say jump and those inmates just laugh at it and they're ready to fight. Right. So I, I do think, I, I think when it comes to, especially on the deputy side, especially in a rural area, like we're in, I think it really helps to get that jail experience and to learn how to talk your way out of a situation before immediately going to the tools on our belt. Cause yeah. generally in the jail, it's a radio and that's it. Right. I can agree, agree with that. Yeah. Makes sense. 
Well, uh, we're glad you came on and uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. So the floor is yours, man. What is your story? Okay. So um, back in October of 2019, um, I've been out of the Academy for a little under a year. Um, technically, it was my Monday. Um, I came out a little early and we got some BS call. Um, there's a prison inside my jurisdiction and there was a drunk guy walking by the prison. So I rolled up with evening shift to go deal with him. We get him dealt with and go on from there. I go back into town, get fuel, get coffee. Not not really filling the night. You know, we're kind of not filling the night. So I'm kind of sitting at the office, catching up on a podcast, messing on my phone, not doing, not really filling the night. And I'm sitting there for maybe a couple minutes. And the scanner chimes up that there is um pd lieutenant's attempting to make a traffic stop um about 30 seconds well, there's your later, first problem as a lieutenant will... trying to make a traffic stop <laughs> lieutenant's trying to <laughs> which again we're, we're small Sorry, we, we only run i the, the, especially at this time i think they were only running three a shift so mm-hmm. they they had to work and like i said so it's probably not wow 30 seconds later and they're fairly close onto their jurisdiction line Tom said, we're in a pursuit. We're going to be going out in the county, uh, get deputies, get deputies en route. Mm. Okay, because, you know, they can do it. But again, there's one deputy. So I leave the office. I start flying the direction they're heading. Um, Where they're at, they're on a little service road that goes to the highway. So they got on the highway and they're up to highway speeds. Um, They're chasing a guy. And I sent you guys the pictures. Um, It's a little gold silver dodge pickup and uh the pd officer's in a dodge charger um i'm in a 2019 pickup a little backstory there because it it, it comes in um 2019 ford pickup brand new i think it was issued to me in april or may and this is october so okay it's still a brand new truck yeah they go out i'm heading that way they crash through a fence and there's some chatter about they're in that field. I'm not chasing them. Um, start to slow down a little bit. And then they're right back on. Hey, they're coming back at me. Um, back on the highway. They're back on the chase. And then they dip down a county road. Um, the PD guy, the PD officer that's involved um, is basically telling his guys to stay in town and that he's going to maintain lead until county catches up. Um, I eventually catch up with them on an east-west county road that was mostly cleachy and sand okay um so you're gonna get loose chasing people through it (laughs) we're gonna get loose chasing through it and again that's why and again hey uh you know commissar i need that so unit uh my chargers you know the charger's not doing well with the conditions and speed so i finally catch up um catch up past the charger not about 30 seconds later, I've caught the pickup, and then um, I notice him starting to turn. So we're on an east-west road, and he's getting ready, and he's getting ready to turn south. And about that time, everything you know completely slows down, as we've talked about a hundred times. And I'm watching him, and he's not turning; he's actually making a U-turn. And I'm watching him make this U-turn. And I'm like, he's not going to make that. He's not going to make that. I start putting on my brakes and next thing I know he is in my front pillar. Oh shit. Uh, yeah. Hits me. Um, comes to find out later with an, inve- an investigation. <clears throat> um, he hit me on purpose. Um, I don't know if he realized he wasn't making the turn or not, but during his um, interview, he rammed my, he ran my truck on purpose. Um, come to find out later. I get, a decent concussion out of it, but I don't know. So I'm taking my seatbelt off. I'm picking up the radio, let dispatch know we crashed out for whatever reason, rookie mistake, whatever it was, I'm thinking the situation's over. So I'm bent down. I'm on the radio comm center. uh, We've crashed out at this location, pop, 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 pop. And the first thing that goes through my mind is, and these are just little, little sharp pops. Why is somebody popping fireworks out here? Mm. (laughs) Um, no, fireworks. What, what feels like an eternity later, I realize, oh shit, I'm getting shot at. Um, exit the vehicle, comm center, shots fired, shots fired. 
and then something that I can only I can only describe as divine intervention. When I get out and I clear that vehicle to take cover, that his windshield is black. I can't see a single thing through it. I take cover and I go to re-engage and I can see him and he's running from me. And the only, and the only thing that I see clearly is the palm of his hands back at me, like showing me, I don't have anything in my hands. I'm drawn down on him, getting ready. And he's like, hold on bare hands. I go to give chase. And then I think for whatever reason clicks, Hey, there may be other people in the vehicle. So I don't give chase. Don't continue to chase him. Come back. Turns out there's two 18-year-old males and two minor females. I think they were 14 and 16 and a dog. Man, what the dog do? (laughs) Why are you taking your dog on your hood shit? (laughs) Exactly. So, again, like I said, thankfully, um, that's why I said divine intervention that that window was black, that glass was black like that. Because if I just would have came out and returned fire, um, chances are I would have been pumping runs into the 14 year old girl <laughs> sitting in the back passenger seat, yeah. right behind the driver's seat. Um, Which is why they tell you get to know what you're shooting at. Exactly. And like I said, I was glad you know, that kicked in. And again, the guy running from me showing me his hands. I don't shoot at, I don't shoot at him there because again, he's unarmed. Um, that comes up more and more later in the story. Was he unarmed? Um, did he just ditch the gun or did he still have the gun on his person? He ditched the he ditched the gun. Okay. Now I didn't know if he had another gun or not. It turns out what he shot at me with was a nine millimeter carbine. So little nine millimeter rifle. Um ballistic and some of the photos I show you. Um ballistics and his not knowing of them saved my life because there is one round right here, right in front of my forehead. Um he shot nine millimeter through his windshield into my windshield. Wow. So if he would have if he would have gone for the passenger window or anything else, and he only had four, apparently it turned out we find out much later in the investigation he was shooting at that PD officer the whole time he was just reaching back and shooting at him, and they never mm-hmm. knew never saw it. So wow. luckily all he ha- all he had was the four rounds left in his magazine when he shot at me. Wow! Um, so the lieutenant had no idea he was taking rounds. That's the way I understood the story. The way that I've understood his reports. Um, So we get there. It's just me and the PD lieutenant. We go ahead. Felony, you know, felony, pull everybody else out of the vehicle. They put them in handcuffs. Um, Dispatchers want to know who was shooting me or them. Them, don't, whatever. Um, We go, start, we get an iris or a page out for, you know, we need all of our guys out. Um, That basically reads... SO and PD units shot at PD units are okay. So we actually have a few of our guys not respond to the alert because they read that as everything was okay. Oh no. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, there, there was some, See, I wouldn't have read it that way. It says PD units. Okay. I would have read that as the sheriff's not right. Keep rolling. Yeah, shots fired. That right? was, <laughs> so we had a couple day shift guys that didn't come out which actually turns out later on in the story to be better because they didn't know the whole story when things change later on. Oh, day shift. Um, but, but, um, I, I had, I had more issues at that point in time, to be honest. Right. Um, but <clears throat> so we get there, we get these four people detained, pull them out, handcuffs, whatever. Then we leave the dog in the truck. So like I said, there's only three PD units out. He ordered his guys to stay in town. And, as soon as first backing SO unit showed up, he shagged ass back to town. Whatever. Um, so we're there for a while. <laughs> what, he, was it? Was he ordered um, to head back into town? Not that I know. I, I can't confirm or deny that. I, I, I honestly don't know. He, he was the one running shifts, but I, I don't know. He's just like, oh, sheriff's department's got it. Uh, we're done. Later. Yeah, that, 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 that's kind of the way we took it. <clears throat> Do you guys have a bad rapport? Hit and miss. Like, Not really PD bad. Or... We ha... There are issues higher up. Mm. Uh, the supervisors okay. don't necessarily always get along, but for the most part, the deputies and the officers can get along just fine. And this was a lieutenant, so... Hmm. Yeah. So our guys get there... Um, Maybe course, he knew he was going to get in guy, trouble for trying to do a traffic, <laughs> initiating a traffic stop. 
who knows? So <clears throat> our guys get there and they're all tacked out in their greens and their tack gear and their rifles and they're going to go hunt this guy. And I want to go. Of course I want to go. Right. You can't go. Mm. Fine. So I put crime scene tape up around the perimeter, go sit in the undersheriff's truck for a while and hang yeah. out, wait for, um, the state investigative agency to show up and the um, highway patrol to show up because there's two different incidents. We we have a traffic collision that has to be investigated. And right. we have, which kind of came back, what brought up my question. We had what may or may not have been a officer involved shooting that it happened. Mm-hmm. Right. So the state, the state agency comes in to investigate the shooting. The highway patrol investigates the accident. See, um, for us, that's not an accident. Me. That's an intentional act. It's assault with a deadly weapon. Yeah. You know, EW and a PO. Yep. I mean, they and might have called charged. the it, they might have called the Highway Patrol out initially to to make a determination. But once you you know, if you can determine that it's a, an intentional act, it's you know, assault on a peace officer. And, and it was initially charged that way. Hmm. Um, it was it was written up that way, but it was also handled by the highway patrol. Mm-hmm. So I'm out there for quite a while. Um, the state investigators get there, um, and the one that took primary on this case, I know pretty well. So I give them my, you know, pertinent information statement. We were in a pursuit. They crashed into me. Hit, they fired rounds into my vehicle. I didn't give chase because of the other people. No, I did not return fire. Okay. Um, probably 15, 20 minutes after giving them my initial statement, I am cleared to leave the scene. So the sheriff gives me a ride back into town. So let's let's clear this up. I, I, I'm not wanting to talk bad about my agency. I love my agency. I love my sheriff. We are a 10-person agency, and everybody other than me are supposedly chasing the guy that just shot at me. Right. So I'm taking right. to the I'm taking to the office, giving keys to another truck, and said, "Hey, go get fuel in it and go ten eight for calls. Hang out at the office. Wow. Try to get your report done. But if anything comes up, you're the only one available. So I mean, there is nobody sure, else at that it's point. Yours. It's yours. Right. Like okay, so go get fuel. Go get more coffee. Go go back to the office. Have no no idea what time it is. About." Eight in the morning, the captain and the other, the captain um, never made it out to, he read it the same way. Everybody was okay. So he didn't come out. And one day shift deputy read it that way and they didn't come out. Um, and probably about a mile and a half from where my incident occurred. Um, SO units to be advised. We have burglary in progress at this location, blah, 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 blah. Something about the subjects passed out on the floor. And captain looks at me, are you going? Yeah, I'll go. I don't quite think he realized the proximity of my incident to where yeah. we were going. Because my instinct and tells I, me that's that's him. Probably the guy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it immediately clicked with me. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going. Yeah, yeah I'll go. I'll go. I'm clothing. I'm pulling up. I'm pulling my, pulling my rifle out of the rack, racking my rifle. <laughs> we get there. We go in, guns drawn. By this point in time, everybody else has kind of figured it out. But the people in the shop have no idea what we're doing. So they, they've got bugged eyed us coming in like this. Like, what's going on? The dude's just, sli- dude just sleeping there. Yeah, no. Show me your fucking hands. Da, 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 da. He gets put in handcuffs. Put him in handcuffs, rip him up, take him to the truck, throw him in the truck. Um, find his wallet for the first time. And ID him. He's 17. Mm. Wow, seventeen-year-old um, high-speed chase shoots at had a uh, police, takes off running, passes out on on a floor. Was he high? Yeah, extremely intoxicated on methamphetamines and alcohol. Yeah, I don't sense. know when the last time when he crashed, but yeah, he had actually he he. So from where we were, he took off north because we this the crash happened right at an intersection. He took off north, and he ended up about a mile west and a half mile south of the original location. So we're guessing he went, probably went to the nearest county road and went around and then just stayed in the woods and, 
and avoided avoided anybody. So we got we got a little bit of victory there. I actually ended up be, getting to be the guy to arrest and transport the guy that shot at me. Um, that always feels good. It feels good. We realize, oh, he's 17. I can't take him into jail. So I walk him in, take him to the sheriff's office, walk him into our dispatch area. Um, again, it's a little at eight, nine o'clock. So our admin people are coming in. Um, our jailer dispatchers that aren't really dispatchers. We, we deal through the comm center now. We don't, our girls that work up front or dispatch used to be are no longer dispatchers, but that's just what they're called. So I take him into our little interview room, attorney room, sit him down, slam the door, yell at the girls. If he tries to leave, shoot him and try to walk <laughs> off. I'm agitated. Things were said that probably shouldn't have been said. I mean, it's been a long night. So our administrative assistant who I've known for years looks at me and she's like, what is your deal? Like, that's the asshole that just tried to kill me. And she looks at me and she's like, what are you talking? What? It's like, I was in a crash last night and shot at, he did it. Oh yeah. Okay. He don't move. Go in. um, Finally, we talked about it a little bit and Hey, did you ever get cleared by medical? Uh, No, I never, I, I never saw medical. I'm fine. Um, you need to go to urgent care or you need to go to the ER. I'm like, well, Hey, would you rather me go to urgent care than the ER? It's less expensive. Yeah. I go to urgent care. So I go to urgent care and they're like, uh, we don't see traffic collision patients. No. Yeah. Okay. Great. So I, okay. Still, Hey, I called my doctor. I can get in today. Can I just go see her instead of going to the ER? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, cool. I go see my doctor that day. Adrenaline's still pumping. It's like, hey, I'm a little sore, but I'm okay. A little bit of a headache, no big deal. Okay, yeah, you're good. You're clear. You're clear to go back to work tonight. How long have you been on shift Wait. at this point? Um, I had gone. <clears throat> I finally went home about nine a.m. So only ten hours. Oh, okay. Went home. Slept for a so couple you guys, hours. You don't, yeah, you guys don't work twelves. No, we only, we only work eights. Okay. Well, yeah, we still only work eights. We we about went twelves and something happened, but we're, <laughs> yes, we're 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 on eights. Um, yeah, so it's about nine o'clock in the morning. So we're just under right around ten hours. Go home. Uh, investigative agency sent me home. I thought she was going to want to talk to me. She's like, "No, go away. I will talk to you. I will call you when I'm ready to talk to you." Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Go home, take a couple hour nap, and then I have a doctor's appointment. Go see the doctor. Hey, you're good. You're good to go back on shift tonight. Okay. Let the sheriff, let the sheriff, let the sheriff know. Okay, yeah, cool. We'll see it. You know, go ahead and work your shift tonight. It's my other solo shift. The way the way our week worked, there was two of us on overnights, so we both worked two nights by ourselves and three nights with each other. And this was going to be my second night by myself. Go ahead and come in and work. Everything's good to go. And me not thinking anything of it was like, okay, I'm good. A um, couple weeks later, I was still having headaches and my sciatic nerve was bothering me really bad. So yeah. I'm like, hey, I'm going to go see, I'm going to go see the doctor again. But yeah, go see the doctor again. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, that's not right. Um, go ahead and keep working. But um, we're going to send you in for MRI, CAT scan, something like that. Some fancy scan thing. Go do that. Um, go get that scanned. And turns out that I had not ruptured. Um, anyway, I had messed up my bottom disc. Yeah. Um, not, com- not completely destroyed it, but it was definitely, definitely injured. And the way that workman's comp had to why workman's comp had to pay on it is they could tell by the type of injury because i had other spots in different parts of my back it was just from um age and my weight but they could tell at that lower part of my back where there was a traumatic event that caused it um so you need to go on light duty or off duty okay um tell the sheriff that okay well go ahead and work the next two shifts because again (laughs) What we're we're we're, we're, in that, we're in that part of the rotation where you're by yourself. 
So just if anything calls out, if anything big comes out or anything that you think you're going to have to go hands on or do anything, call somebody. Right. That, that, that's not how, that's wow. not how this works, but like, sure. I'm going to go fight this. I'm, I'm going to call somebody, but I'm going to go fight this guy in the process because I don't hurt that bad. Um, nothing happens. I spend the next, I spend the next two nights on shift or sit, basically sitting at the, taking calls from the office, not doing anything. Could it, be, could it have gone another way? It could have got lucky. It didn't. Um, mess around with that for six or eight weeks. Um, basically going back and forth to the doctor specialist and basically says like, Hey, so we've done this. They did steroid injections. Um, First time I knowingly took fentanyl and it scared the hell out of me. We're at the, we're, yeah. we're getting ready. They're getting they're getting ready to do a steroid injection. They're gonna go from high up into my back with this long ass needle all the way to the bottom of my back. So like, hey, we're yes. giving you fentanyl and something else. You're not gonna feel you're not gonna feel a thing. Hold on, you're giving me what? Yeah, right. You know, it's safe. <laughs> it's safe. You're okay. It's like this is the stuff they tell us. We just barely inhale it. It's gonna kill us. No, no, right. no. This is controlled. You're fine. You say so. Um, get the steroid injection, live with it for several weeks. Again, no real relief. Um, go talk to the doctor, which who was a, a specialist and a surgeon. And he goes, well, we could do surgery. I don't think it's going to do any good at your age and things like that. There's more risk for the surgery than not, than not getting the surgery. Um, we're, you're probably eventually going to do the surgery when you're older, but for right now I suggest, um, Go for go full duty. Go go back to full duty for four weeks. If you hurt yourself or something hurt, you know, if it gets worse, stop. Call me, but let's try it for four weeks. Um, right. Go through. Everything goes okay. And again, we had that same conversation. Eventually, this is going to be a big problem. You're going to have, to have surgery, but you're also risking your career by having the surgery. Okay, yeah. we're good. Other than workman's comp wants you to sign off saying that you're good now. No. Now I was assured because I, I did I contacted an attorney and everything else with that and they ba- and was basically told if you have a they cannot come back on a pre-existing condition if you're involved in another wreck if you fight somebody and hurt your back if something like that happens they have to still take care of you because it's a new injury to that one right so we did that um no, that was all good. We we did good. We did good. We were doing good. We went back to work, and I I thought everything was okay. Um, it, it was kind of um that your question earlier asked about college because I'd actually decided to go back to school kind of in this process, uh, before this process, and I, I was I was finishing up my criminal justice degree online, and um was doing a writing assignment about officer involved shootings. Um, and uh, I'm typing it up and I'm taking, I'm bringing in p- personal parts of my story into the situation, in, into my, into my paper. And I, I can feel myself getting a little upset and whatnot. Um, it was, it was my day off. Um, I was working on that paper. I didn't get some house chores done. My wife came home. She started getting on my ass about not getting, um, stuff done. That's you know, perf- perfectly in her right. All I did was sit, sit on my ass all day at the house, not doing anything. But I'm writing this paper, and I'm already getting kind of getting emotional. And we, we go back and forth. I got my headphones on. I'm trying to bleed her. I'm trying to tone her out so I can get this paper done. She comes up, and she shuts my laptop screen on me. Um, oh. loses Loses my work. And I end up being recovered. So I take my headphones off and I spike them on the floor, break them. And my, at that time, nine-year-old son was in the room and saw the whole thing. Um, I never, I didn't, I didn't even realize he was in the room. He brings me my headphones after I throw them in the trash. He brings me my headphones in tears, trying to fix them, trying to give them back to me, wanting to know why mom was being so mean to me that I got upset. And I just broke down. I go in, go into the office the next day, talk to the undersheriff. I'm like, Hey, I'm having some issues. I'm a little more snippy than I should be. Um, this is what happened last night. It's very clear now. Um, I think I need some help. I think I'm having some issues. 
Um, another thing in the background that a lot of times like it upset me, but a lot of times I kind of blew it off. I had several people ask why I didn't shoot that kid. Why, why didn't you shoot him? You had every right to shoot him. He shot at you. He did all this. You should have shot at him. You should have done it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to lie. The, the, the question was in my head. Why didn't I do it? Knowing, you know, knowing when you put logic to it, he was unarmed. He was running. He was 17. Which I didn't know he was 17 at the time, but he was unarmed. He was unarmed running from me. There was no reason to use lethal force on him at that time. And I just, I, ha- I had people keep telling, you know, people kept bringing that up. Um, so we start going to counseling. Um, the counseling helped quite a bit um, initially. Um, it turned out the counselor I was seeing then um, ended up being really close to the case. Um, he was involved with other parties of it. And what just turned out not being great. Um, we did some classes. Um, we did some classes and we have what's called the warrior project in my area. And they are a group of people that do a lot of them are former law enforcement, mental health specialists, Mm -hmm. specialists, things like that. They, they do a lot of the debriefs and stuff like that. And they do counseling. They have their own counselors and stuff like that. And we in this, we're in this class and my undersheriff sees it and they actually contact them for me saying, Hey, this is what happened to one of our guys. And they actually got me involved with a um, with the counselor I see now, who is a specialist in um, law enforcement trauma and uh, EMDR. So after several sessions of EMDR, things are pretty well, mostly normal and some experimentation with some uh, prescription drugs, uh, mental, mental health meds. Um, for the most part, everything's pretty good. Um, I did have a partner for a while that kept telling me the story about some guy that someone broke into his house and he pointed the AR at him. And when he asked him why he didn't shoot him, he just said he couldn't. And he's like, some people just can't do it. Um, other than that bothering me, for the most part, we're pretty well back to normal. Right. So, um, <clears throat> so you had some post-traumatic stress from this that bled into your personal life, which caused you and your wife to, to argue. And that kind of got brought back up with uh, just to recap everything you brought back up with your, your college essay. And then you ended up seeking some treatment through it, through a project that, that helps officers who are involved in post-traumatic stress um, incidents and things like that, that that cause post-traumatic stress. So you had a little bit of post-traumatic stress and, and you ended up getting some help for it. And, uh, you know, and people kept bothering you like, oh, why didn't you shoot the kid? Well, you know, we, we are all involved in law enforcement that we come in, sh- shoot and don't shoot scenarios. And sometimes we don't shoot people that we can shoot them. I know Tom's been involved in them. I've been involved in them where I've could have dumped some, some people that I did it. And mm-hmm. one split second changed everything, you yeah. know, could I have still pulled the trigger and been completely justified and fine? Absolutely. But that split second in me, able to recognize that caused me not to shoot same thing for you caught you saw both of his hands you didn't know if he still had one in his waistband could you have shot that that 17 year old in the back that you didn't know it was 17 absolutely it's called violent escape from a violent fleeing felon he's likely to commit the same crime against another officer or another person because he just did so he just rammed your car he shot at you he shot he's at clearly demonstrated lieutenant. a willingness to commit violence exactly. so could you yeah but you did it and does you, it, it didn't pass the test officer? for you. No. Now, no. I, I'll say this. I have I have been on both sides of it. Um, I've been, well, there's like 17 sides of it I've been on. <laughs> yeah, right. Really look at it. Um, one of, I have been in a situation where I have spoken to an officer who did something that I felt was patently unsafe and endangered the lives of the other officers on scene, on the call at the time. Now, I wasn't there. But I did bring it up in a debrief where I said, you know, you created by not acting, by not shooting, by not doing something, you created a situation that was more dangerous. But this was a situation of a guy with a rifle in his hands, turning around and being allowed to walk back into the house where his wife was at while they were having a domestic. And there's a learning to know the difference years of experience years of training life experience 
time on the job, all of those things go into those factors. You're what you said you, you, you came on patrol in 2018. And so you've had at, at this point, you've had just about a year, a little under on the job. Little, little, little under a year as work on the street. Yes, sir. Right. And so based on your training and experience, you know, uh, you get you, we all go back to based on that officer's training and experience and what they observed at the time. So you have to take, make allowances and take that into account. And I did, I took into account in my, in one of my debriefs where I did say, yeah, you, you, that you probably should not have let that happen. I took into account this guy's amount of training and experience in your situation. The circumstances are very different. You don't see a gun, right? You have just the fact that you have other suspects in the car and you don't have a clean shot and you don't see a gun. You're not sure if, was it somebody in the car that shot at you? Was it the driver that shot at you? Like there's so many different factors that play into it that yes, it becomes very, very hard to know why people make the decision they made if you weren't there. And that's, I think, what some of the other officers maybe, you know, didn't understand. Maybe they've never even been in that situation. And they're just talking out their ass and going, I would have shot him. Well, how do you know? You weren't there. Well, I, I, I think a lot of it was that. Um, and I will say, again, anytime I brought up that issue with my um, captain, under sheriff, sheriff, they were all, you did the right thing. You knew you yeah, were they there. were grateful. <laughs> That you didn't shoot yeah, an unarmed seventeen-year-old in the back. <laughs> that would have been exactly. bad. But it was. It was like, hey, you know, you you were the ones there. You know what was going on. You knew what what the right decision was. Yeah. Um. So, um, turns out, what during his during his interviews with the state state investigations agency, like I said, we did get arrest him. Um, when I saw him showing me his hands, he was extremely hot and was taking a jacket off. Right. And was throwing it. I never saw the jacket. I just saw the hands. But apparently that's what that motion was, was him throwing the jacket off and him flashing his hands at me. But it had um, the net effect of letting you see that his hands were empty. And that's what influenced your decision. Exactly. So, um, like I said, well, let me was, ask you this. If you went back to that situation, right. Knowing what you know now, would you have shot him? No. Because right. especially now, because after we after we went and arrested him, we found out there wasn't another weapon. Because that was always the what if was there another weapon? But well, we answered that question. So, so you can kick yourself now, in the ass. Definitely. Yeah, you can kick yourself in the ass six ways to Sunday. If in hindsight you're like, man, I should have done X, Y, and Z. But if if your initial judgment of the situation was correct, then don't let anybody second guess you. And I'm going to tag up on that real real quick. Um, just, just so that you know that you're not crazy and you can tell all the rest of the people at your agency, if they continue to pester you on it, you kiss my ass. Um, <clears throat> if that was me and I was in your position and I saw him running and I saw the backs of his hands, I wouldn't have shot him. Yep. I, I, and I have 10 years of experience on the job. I, I wouldn't have shot I wouldn't him. Have I've shot seen him officers. Yeah. I've seen officers get involved in a shooting where a suspect shoots at them, then takes off running and then cracks around behind their back and the officers dump them. And they shoot him I, in the back yep, and they yep. get so much heartache for shooting someone in the back, even though they were in the right. Um, you know, could you set up a perimeter? Could you have done it this way? Sure. But he was shooting at me. So I shot him. Shooting and I think so- that's 100% okay. But yeah. at the same time, I wouldn't have done, I wouldn't have shot him if I was in your position. So I think you did the right thing. Yeah. Sh- oh, like I, said, and- oh yeah, I was sorry. just going to say shooting somebody in the back is a lot like getting in a traffic collision when you're making a left turn. It's really hard to justify yourself. <laughs> as being in the right and i'll tell you um something similar to chuck we had a guy and he had he was in a truck in on the back of a tow truck he was in his pickup truck he had already pointed a rifle at the lieutenant again lieutenant's trying to make traffic stops he'd already pointed a a rifle at the lieutenant and when i showed up the lieutenant had had his gun on him and i put my gun on the lieutenant says he's got a rifle if he brings it up again shoot him the guy's hands kept coming up above the windowsill and then dropping down and coming up and dropping down. And every time they came up, you could see his fingertips first. And by the time he got to the palms of his hands, you could see he didn't have the rifle. He didn't have a firearm. He didn't have a weapon. Could we, anytime we saw his hands coming up, have shot him saying we thought he was bringing up a gun. Yeah. But did I wait the extra half a second to make sure that he wasn't bringing up a gun? I I did. 
And that was my decision. And that was the lieutenant's decision. Maybe other people would make a different decision, but that's not, that's not up to them because they weren't there. I agree. And like I said, I, I, since then, I've, I've come to terms with it again with some counselors of that. I'm good with it. I, anyone can say about whatever they want now. Nobody at my agency currently gives me any issues. And most of the issues weren't with my guys. They were with surrounding agencies. Uh, just, just to clarify that. It wasn't so I, – I, I had one partner that kept telling me that one story. But other than that, my guys had my back. It, they, but they just kept letting it slip. Well, hey, so and so said this. So and so said that. Man, I don't. I don't need. They can say whatever they want. I don't need to hear it. It doesn't help me. Yeah, that's not helpful. <laughs> no. So, I, I, I would love to tell you guys that this um, story has a happy ending, but it doesn't. So, with our wonderful criminal justice system, like I said, he was a juvenile. Probation. So he got. Huh. I'm guessing oh, no. probation. No, 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 no. He got to. No, not even probation. He got to turn 18 in a state facility. No, he got to turn 18 in a state facility. All charges were dismissed and we had to give him back his guns. What? What? Even after a felony? Did he he get convicted of a felony? He He didn't get convicted of anything. They dropped it. 100% dropped it. Once he turned 18, they they dismissed all cases. That's wild. So it is very possible for this to happen again, because, like you said, because, yeah, um, once he, yeah, once he turned eighteen, they did a couple things. He was doing all of his things with the office of juvenile offices, juvenile affairs. He was making all of his benchmarks. So, he and who knows? You know what? The, you, Maybe the kid will turn out okay. Hopefully. Very possible, but, and, but that's a big roll I, of the I, dice. It is. I know he's still local. I haven't had another run in with him. I know other officers have stopped him on traffic stops and there's not been any issues. I know that he's not been back in jail since he has turned 18. So, but the sad thing is the two 18 year olds in the the two 18 year olds, oh, (laughs) two 18 year olds that were in the car with him that were just initially charged with accessory ended up being punished a lot more than they did because they ended up spending about a year in county. By the way, that go was because uh, apparently a juvenile popped his head in to see what was going on on the podcast. So just so people listening are like, what's that dude saying? It was kind of cute. You know, we've had we've had hell. We've had all kinds of things interrupt this podcast. So your son is uh, perfectly acceptable. They've they've done really good. They they did really good because they got off the bus at the same time I got home. So they've done really good up to this point. Like, Dad, what's going on? What are you doing? (laughs) Exactly. Which I I can't lie, Mayor. It may or may not be the best thing. My 11-year-old, who's dead set on doing this job, has a tendency to listen to the podcast with me from time to time. Well, we apologize he's for, for some of the things we may have said. <laughs> he, 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 he's well aware. He's also well aware that we don't discuss those things with mom. Yeah, no, we don't tell mom we listen to the show. We don't tell mom. We don't talk so, about the things we hear. <laughs> exactly. But like I said, he's been basically since... At least before, if, since I became full time, if not before, he has been dead set. He's going law enforcement. He's only eleven, so he has time to change. He has plenty of time yeah, to change got, his mind. You got seven years to change his mind. <laughs> it's and it, it is the, the the world we're in. It's not the same world. It definitely not the same world that I got into ten years ago. And you kind of have that weird moment where you're kind of proud that he wants to follow in your footsteps. At the same time, you're like, no, 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 no. Learn from my mistakes. Mm-hmm. Go be a lawyer. Yeah, they're, they're, my dad said the pure, same thing. Pure. He says, "I couldn't be prouder, but I also think that you were built for so much better." <laughs> right? Go, 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 go! Do something else and actually make money and take care of your family. Yeah, exactly. So, so well, you know, we we, but the heart wants what the heart wants, and if your kid has a heart for service and he saves lives one day, then you can't deny him that anymore. Then they could deny you that. So. Right. Exactly. And whenever we have kids or, or young men and women emailing us saying they're getting into firefighting or police work or they're going into the military because they listen to the show, I always think to myself, where did we go wrong? <laughs> After all these stories and people's issues, yeah. you still want to do it. And but at hey, the same time, I couldn't be people. prouder of them. You know, like, exactly. like I'm like, oh, oh, it's it's, you know. It's like when you're, you're, you see your friend get engaged to that really hot, crazy chick, and you're like, oh, she's really hot, but 
man, she's crazy. I hope it works out. Cross your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to work out, but okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I'm here for you when it, when it goes to shit. That's all we can do is be here for them when it goes to shit. So, well, uh, yeah. Chuck, did you, uh, did you have anything be- as we're, as we're wrapping up here? I know, I know, uh, you, uh, you said that Anthony has a dedication, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't have anything. I have something for when he's done, uh, just our closeout and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Well then Anthony, uh, we, we like to, as you know, let our guests dedicate the episode. They have first choice to dedicate their episode to somebody if they'd like to. So please tell us who would you like to dedicate your episode to? Um, I want to dedicate my episode to deputy David James Wade, Um, Deputy Wade was in my reserve academy back in 2013 and was able to make the jump before I was to the full-time academy. Um, He was a deputy with the Logan County Sheriff's Office. Um, Deputy Wade, on April 18th, 2017, Deputy Wade was serving an eviction notice um, to some people that were actually already moving out of the house. They knew it was coming. Um, They had another individual that was at that house that saw the cops. Saw the cops show up, freaked out, and shot Deputy Wade several times. Um, Deputy Wade was able to return fire, um, but succumbed to his, did succumb to his injuries. Well, Deputy Wade, rest easy, brother. We got it from here. Uh, and it's always tough when it's somebody you know, uh, somebody you, you went to class with, somebody, you know. I, I mean, I, I've been... I've been relatively fortunate in the list of officers or, or brethren that I've lost that I've known personally or worked with has been, has been short, but, but, you know, even one or two names is, is enough to, to right. rip your guts out. So um, absolutely, we, we feel all of that. So thank you for dedicating your episode and thank you for coming on. You know, it's important to talk about these things. It's important to talk about your, your, I mean, you're one of the few that we talk to that says, I recognized it right away. I knew what it was. I went and asked for help. My agency was cool with it. They, you know, we, and everything worked out, you know, that's, that's the ideal. That's, that's really what you want is to just nip it in well, the bud and, and not let it grow and fester. With that being said, it, it wasn't immediate. It, it was, like I said, that was October. And I think that was February. Um, I didn't let it fester long enough to become a major, major issue, but it did take me a few months to realize it. I well, and that's that. the thing. It's post-trauma, right? So it inevitably mm-hmm. is going to happen after. But you waited pretty quick, you know, weeks and months. We, I, we're, Chuck and I are used to people that have waited years to deal with it. And, and the, the, you know, it's like, a, it's, it's, it's like anything. The longer it takes root, the stronger that root system is. Yeah, I still really haven't dealt with my shit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're, you're better doing than, it. You're doing it right now, brother. You're dealing with it right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like actual, I like, know what you mean. Psychologist, you know what I mean. But, I know uh, what you mean. But Anthony, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for sharing sharing your story. And I'm sorry for your loss. And you know that's that's always tough losing uh, losing a brother. Um, but as we're as we're closing out, I want to thank uh, all the listeners today. Uh, if you like today's podcast, please go follow us on our Instagram at war underscore stories underscore official and our Facebook at war stories podcast. If you already follow us, share our posts and our info. You can also go to the link in our bio on Instagram and Facebook to re- reach all of our socials, our media and our website. Our podcast is on all major podcast streaming platforms, as well as on our YouTube. If you want to support us, please go to our website at www.warstoriesofficial.com. Grab some gear. We still have some movie hoodies, some shirts, some patches and stickers left. We will also be doing some spring and summer gear as well. Uh, if you want to be featured on a show and think you have a story or want to share your story, please go to booking.warstories at gmail.com and send me your info and your story and I can get you booked. That also includes if you just want to, if you don't want to come on, you just want us to read a story, you can go there as well. We're looking for law enforcement corrections, dispatchers, fire, medics, and veterans, if you have a friend who you think would be a great fit, let them know about us and give them our booking email. Again, thank you for the support. Stay safe. And you can always become a patron through Podbean. That's really that's really helpful when people. It's you know it's the cost of a cup of coffee every month. It's three bucks to be a patron and just to help support the episodes and the podcast and the merch and the helps us keep the lights on. You know, Chuck and I, like I said, we, between this and the locker room, we dedicate a large percentage of our time to just doing this for you guys. So. Uh, you know, helping us and supporting us in what we're doing and what our mission is, um, is, is really helpful, whether that's through buying merch or whether that's just wanting to become a patron. 
and if you add up, you know, uh, three bucks a month, it's 36 bucks a year and, you know, hell. That's, uh, that's basically a trip for two to the movies. <laughs> it's actually cheaper than a trip like for two cheaper. to the movies. And cheaper. you're getting Biden's America. Yeah. yeah no sure. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Anthony, for coming on. We appreciate your story, man. We, we, we're glad you, uh, we're glad you recognize that, uh, you need to get your shit straight and you got it done, uh, especially early because it, the, the earlier you deal with it, the, the less that it's going to hurt you. So until our next episode, come home with your shield or on it.